everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 114. Today wow. we're going to be going over our final Studio Ghibli film in the catalog for now. And uh, a little look back on all their previous uh, reviews in a way. Just talk about some Studio Ghibli and then followed by a review of the much anticipated Spider-Man No Way Home. Without further ado, let's get into... Damn, Bailey. <laughs> Bailey's excited. He's ready. Bailey's just got his toy. He's just like, fuck it. This is my life now. It's fine. For for those of you who don't know, Bailey's in here chilling with me. And, know. Uh, you know, he's being my little podcast partner. Yeah. Squeaking a goddamn toy. So, <laughs> um, without further ado, let's get into the uh, Studio Ghibli review here of When Marnie Was There. In this world... There's an invisible magic circle. There's an inside and an outside. And I'm outside. Never had many friends growing up, so I <gasps> Why is it? That mansion feels familiar somehow. It's really best for you to stay away from that old marsh house. Throw me the rope! Hurry! Alright guys, so When Marnie Was There was released in 2014. Uh, this is uh, sitting at a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb description is due to having asthma. A young 12-year-old named Anna is sent away to stay with the relatives of her guardians in the Japanese countryside. And it likes to be alone sketching, but soon befriends Marnie, a mysterious young girl. I don't know if you guys looked up the description of this movie on IMDb, but I had to write this myself because it is the most broken fucking <laughs> description I've ever seen in my life. Like, dude, like a seven-year-old wrote it. I'm like, who is... Like, I, I want you guys literally right now to pull up on IMDb the description of when Marnie was there. Just take a look at it real quick as I'm going through this because... It is hilarious, and you'll see what I'm talking about, because it's bad, so. <clears throat> oh, shit. <laughs> Did I write this? Drunk? <laughs> oh, my God. I almost want to read this. You Dude. know what? Go, go for it, Marco. Read it. Read it what it says. Due to 12-year-old Anna's asthma, she's sent away to stay with relatives of her guardian in the Japanese countryside. She likes to be alone, sketching. She befriends Marnie, who is mis- the mysterious blonde Marnie. Uh, okay. <laughs> is that supposed to be a question? That's question. a period, sir. Question mark, right? Who is the mysterious blonde Marnie? <laughs> it's written as a statement and not a fucking question. Pretty much. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is directed by Hiromasa Yanobayashi, who did The Secret Road of Arietti in 2010. And uh, he actually, more recently, he left Studio Ghibli. This was his last Studio Ghibli film because that, I mean, after this was supposed to be the final Studio Ghibli movie, by the way. So he went off and um, he's, I believe, he has his own studio now. He did the movie uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower, which came out in 2017, which is not a bad film, by the way. Uh, this is Good based on the novel by John G. Robinson, and it is written by Kiko Niwa, who also wrote Ocean Waves in 93 and Tales from Earthsea in 2006. Uh, also written by Masahashi Endo and the director Harumasa Yonebayashi, also uh, wrote it too. And pretty much he's 
they've all kind of done the same thing. So, all right. Yeah. So once again, I watched the English dub of this one. I'm pretty sure you guys did too. Uh, no, did. I went straight up uh, sub. No, no <laughs> of doing I did a sub. Nabil <laughs> doing a sub. I would be like, "What are you smoking, sir?" <laughs> it stars Haley Steinfeld as Anna, Kiernan Shipka as Marnie, Ava Akers as Sayaka, uh, Sayaka uh, Vanessa Williams as Hisako, Gina Davis as Yuriko, John C. Riley as Kiyomasa, and Gray Griffin as Setsu. Marco, right off the bat, I know you don't have any history with this movie at all. This is the first time probably you seeing this. That's very true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I went in blind. I didn't watch a trailer or read up the synopsis or anything. I wanted to go in fully blind. It being our final Studio Ghibli and our Studio Ghibli Fest, I wanted to just kind of soak this up and, and really kind of like, yeah. yeah, just really enjoy it for its purity, I guess. Yeah. I will say, say though, that Nabil and I actually saw this in theaters in Berkeley back in the day, many moons ago, and we saw it... We actually saw the subbed version of this one, we uh, did. subtitle yeah. version. It was not. Uh, I remember because I was kind of pissed because I was like, "Damn it, we went to the wrong one." There was like two showings, and I was like, "Fuck!" Because for these ones, I actually do prefer the dub versions. But we saw the the subbed ones. Yeah. So I'll start with you then, Marco. What did you think about this one? In a few sentences. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. The man, the story. It's 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 a little different, but. I like the way that it's told, and I'll get more into detail about that. I like the cinematography, and I like the the score. Uh, it's it's a Ghibli film, you know, it, and it stands out like one. It, it's uh, it's very good at at capturing the Ghibli magic, and I know we talk about that a lot, and it sounds cliche, but it, it's true. You can you can turn this on and say, yeah, this is Studio Ghibli film. It's it's well written. It's well directed. It's it's composed beautifully. It's uh, it's dialogue is is uh, performed great. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen the the original with the original actors, but the subbed version is uh, is definitely good, or the dubbed version is definitely good. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, uh, Nabil? Yeah, I thought the film was. It was different from what I remember it watching early on. I was. Is this, I gotta say real quick. Is this your second time seeing it? And first time. It's my seeing second. It yeah, it's the second time Dublin. seeing it. Okay. Um, and I mean, I th- well, first of all, the voice acting is great. It's always great for the Studio Ghibli film, so you you really can't. It's very rare that people critique. Yeah, on I don't it. think we've ever hit one outside of maybe Earwig and the Witch, where we're like, yeah, the that was the one that's sucks. kind of a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, fuck that movie. But that was great uh, as far as voice acting is concerned. I think watching it from now, and James and I had like a little bit of a back and forth commentary on it. There's there's a very interesting dynamic between Anna and Marnie in this film. And yeah. it's weird because it's it's very innocent. It's it's a it's supposed to be a children's <laughs> film. It's really and, direct, I'll say. But it is it is Ooh. very it is very direct. But it just seems like a very um like there seems to be an unnatural relationship between the two of them that is kind of perpetuated throughout the film. And then about the third act, you start going through it and you're like, Oh, okay. Now this, I guess makes a bit more sense because they love each other and they're, you know, it's family. <laughs> I, I know, but it's just I know kind what of, you're talking about. You just don't know where it's Dude, really it's going. It's very at first. like, I guess cause I love you. And I'm like, Whoa, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it turns from friends to something a bit more serious from friends. And it's that, that just is kind of weird, but I think that's coming from an American perspective. I feel like it's really supposed to be more from a children's eyes and yeah. The like, Japanese culture thing. And 
I, th- I feel like I th- because other you know, other cultures and even like in our cultures from our families, like James, you know what I'm talking about. Like they're very family oriented. You know, the family's always yeah. very close and shit. You know, it's like your you know your brother, your cousin can be your best friend and stuff. So I think it like like you said, Nabil, like it, it comes from that outside perspective versus you know how we we normally view families in America. You know, yeah. At least we hope so. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> How about, wow. how about you, James? What is this? Your third viewing now of watching this? Um, yeah, this is probably my third time seeing it. I mm-hmm. think this movie's just okay. Yeah, uh, I was disappointed when, originally because this was like the the like I said, this was originally like the last Studio Ghibli film up until like this this last year, and there's one more coming out now. You know, so to me personally, this was. I guess it's because of it's very low key. Like um, Marco was saying, it's kind of a simpler story. I think. There is still some fantasy to it as well. Obviously, there's some kind of time-traveling elements with, you know, flashback sequences where people are technically there in a way, and then you're kind of reliving instances of life and shit. But um, I will say this much, though. Animation's great. Um, It's right back to looking really beautiful. This one itself, I think, has... It's pretty brisk, too. I don't think it's too long of a movie. But yeah. uh, just to me, it's just an okay film. It's not my favorite. I don't think it's in the bottom. It's more near the middle. It's kind of one of those middle ones. There's parts of it that I like. Yeah. And it's a pretty sad story, actually, by the time you get to the end and you realize what the true twist of it all is. So, perfect. it's more touching. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sweet little story, you know? I mean, I think with, you know, Anna, she's supposed to be 12, I think, or 13 or something like that. She's 12. And, yeah. yeah. And so she's she's going through. I know it's an description. Right? Uh, description. <laughs> yeah, I said it's a 12-year-old girl. She's girl. going through kind of Marnie. like a phase of feeling alone and isolated. And she recognizes she has yeah. ill thoughts of people. And so yeah, she's. Yeah, when she calls out that fat chick in the beginning, I, I felt <laughs> yeah. that immensely i was offended i was like what are you talking about <laughs> well i think that's it and she yeah, hates herself for it right fuck. she hates that she feels that way and i've said know those mean words to james it. before i'm just kidding yeah no no Bill, i agree it's also um probably the first movie that deals with something like that too in the yeah. in a chance of like somebody that's i mean don't get me wrong a lot of the ghibli films have that kind of central character that's usually female by the way that feels mm-hmm. left out or not part of something but this one is a more modern time kind of era and i think it, it actually does work yeah it's more heavy-handed too like it's very like we kept mentioning it's very direct but it's it's true because of the 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 content that it's dealing with like she's you know she feels alone she feels abandoned she obviously has her health problems and that makes her feel a little different as well too and she feels like alone and and dealing with the trauma of loss i think that it that that aspect of the movie is very relatable and i felt like that that was handled very well Definitely. Uh, Nabil, just um, what what things did you not like about it then? Just getting into that. Yeah, I think that's the part of her just finding and seeking Marnie. That that was interesting enough, but their relationship <laughs> early on, I think it got better throughout the, as you continue with the film. Sorry. But that relationship just seemed, it was just weird to me. It really was like... Because what do you Marnie, mean, Marnie was taking a lot of, we'll say, control in what they want were doing, and um, kind of trying to expose her to it. And poor, poor Anna was found 
at at the end of each of their their encounters in some middle of the forest or in the middle of a street like that's near true, yeah. death so and like, how did like get here? yeah it's like, I, get, you know, I see what you're saying a weird situation there for her I, it, it, it's very it. ambiguous as far as where they're going with the relationship at first because you're 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 not sure because you're in the dark um especially I if, mean, if you go in blind but yeah. as as everything starts to come together, you realize that that Marnie is just putting all these memories together and trying to make her remember who she is and know that Anne More is not always going to be stuff. alone. And she yeah. she was loved, and it, things it's all perspective. It's not like how she seems. Like she keeps saying over and over again, like that you know her parents died and it's not their fault, but she's still mad that they abandoned her. But the Mar- Marnie's just trying to, to remind her that hey, look look we we do love you your family did love you it's just you know out of circumstance things are the way they are you know yeah and it, i was gonna say anna's like such a depressed person dude she's even like my she guardians is. get paid and i just found out like Dream. well yeah uh, she's I, dealing with real problems <laughs> yeah i won't i won't lie though i thought it i remember i mean i already knew the twist this time around but originally when i saw it i remember seeing this in the bill and we had a few glances at each other in the theater i thought it was like a lesbian like love story I was which like, which would be fine if that's what they were leaning into and it's like okay coming of age she's coming out not she's very finding common herself. in the japanese culture though right how but that's not where this film was going with at all nah. and i don't know if there was any i just feel like they were leaning into it a bit more than i'm i'm like so is this just like trying to also say something about it or are you is it really just oh they're just family and they just love each other because that that's also just no, it, it, it does seem like that but i think it's just more or less her experiencing like true friendship she never really had any friends she has no everyone friends, yeah yeah, yeah. She like no and she's a learner. It, it, it's like she's just obsessed with her new friend like Fuck, uh, you know, it's like when me and James first started hanging out, and me and you started oh, first chill, hanging out. We'd chill, see each other every fucking chill, day, and then eventually chill, it's like, what are you still saying? Chill, what are you? Whoa, don't reveal our secrets, you son no, of a but, bitch. Uh, but you know, it's it's that new friend that you're excited to see and shit, and it and it, yeah, does that seem similar to like a to an actual like relationship? Yeah, it does seem that way, but most relationships spawn from friendships I mean, anyway so i, I can see why i would um, i always had that to hide my erection when i was around <laughs> <laughs> no sir you did not hide it you were not shy i was like the bill, the bill on the other hand was a gentleman he would put <laughs> both hands over it both nibbles just popping through his sweater though i'm like sir he wouldn't, good? <laughs> he wouldn't play peekaboo with his index and thumb <laughs> Was there anything you didn't like, though, about it, Marco, for the most part? Or did it work out for you? Or was it, do you think it was too heavy handed? Um, I would say that it, it leans more towards the adult side where it is slightly heavy handed. Like, At t- a child would probably end, not have fun watching this movie, you know, uh, as, as opposed to other Ghibli films. Also, the beginning I felt kind of drags just a little bit. It, um, it takes it her a while of, to meet Marnie, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think she meets her until like the twenty-five minute mark or twenty-six I think it's minute halfway mark. Halfway through the film, yeah, yeah. Like thirty-five or forty minutes in, then she shit finally maybe. Meets her, like, 
Hey. Something like that. But but it takes a while for her to finally meet Marnie. And I'm like, all right, isn't that the titular character? Like, when are we getting to that? Like, so, in the title, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of like the, the slow burn is a little too slow. That's about it. But aside from that, man, I just got to mention that the fucking musical score is beautiful in this movie. I will say that, too. The, the score in this one is pr- almost perfect. Like the like scene when the scene when she first sees the mansion and the music is playing and uh, she's just like staring at this big house. It, it it just it's so fucking wonderful. Or um when uh she's you know going to chasing after Marnie when when she feels like Marnie abandoned her and she's angry at her. Like the music playing in the background is just so good too. There's just so many instances where like it it just really captivates like the 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 like the true feels of the movie. And I felt like that was, if anything, that was handled perfectly. Yeah. That, and the, you know, the animation too, I know we talked about it being really good. Um, but just, they always do so good when they're out in the countryside and taking shots of scenery and then showing the landscape. Um, and especially this, because they're kind of like on this lake and then you can kind of see this, this, you know, the mansion and some of these old buildings. Um, it's just, it's just top quality animation for Studio Ghibli. I like that water um, effects in too. this film. Yeah, those water effects were really nice too. It looked, I mean, it looked real. It looked really good. So, I can't go wrong there. Definitely. All right, so let's get into it, guys, because I want to get into the rest of these Ghibli films too. What would you rate it then, Nabil, on a one out of five star rating, and who would you recommend it to? I rated it a three and a half stars. Um, I think it was a solid entry. Like you said, James, kind of in the middle. I, it's it's certainly leaning into the coming of age thing and, and a teenage girl, uh, well, tween girl going into teen, becoming a teenager. So she's going to puberty. Sir. So I, <laughs> I mean, she's a tween. So um, I would recommend it to anybody who's, you know, maybe a parent that's kind of looking for something to kind of relate to the kid. That's something that's good. Or even a teenager that's looking for... Uh, some kind of uh i don't know nostalgia or something to look back into that i would seem that 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 it's it's a good film for for tweens and for parents alike yeah what about you marco i'm actually shocked nabil gave it three and a half stars that seems a little high for his criticism <laughs> the way that he just i know i was like i'm right, just hung up pretty. on the one plot point but i mean if you if you ignore that idea of it everything else it's i mean it's a solid film i think yeah, I, I agree too. I think it's a very solid film. I give it three and a half stars as well, and I lean hard on that three and a half stars because it, it really does a, a good job at at again capturing the feeling of loss. Like if you've ever you know lost anyone or you feel like hey you know it sucks that they're gone. Yeah, it's kind of depressing that they bring that up, but at the same time, it's also cathartic if you've ever been through it and and gone through it. You know, it, I mm-hmm. feel like the movie does a, a good job making you feel like does, hey yeah. you're not alone, and I feel like that's the whole theme of the movie is seeing hey you're you're not alone like these people are always going to love you whether they're here or they're not so yeah i i recommend it if you're a very high studio ghibli fan or if you're um a fan of animated films that touch on these subjects um like the bill said probably not one to watch with little kids um but if you got like a tween or a teen or you're an adult then yeah, watch it. Yeah, I actually give it three and a half as well. So we're all actually on the same page here, even though I feel like some of us liked it more than others. But yeah, um, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I would I mean I'm with you guys too. I I wouldn't I don't think adults 
would I mean I don't think children like smaller kids because there are certain Ghibli films for for kids, but this is probably more for yeah. This isn't that kind preteen of film. teenagers mm-hmm. like Nibble was saying. So, so with that, guys, congrats. We have seen every Studio Ghibli film that the studio has put out. Look at that. We are the it's a Studio Ghibli, Ghibli podcast. podcast. Just like James Bond, it's just that unfortunately you have to go through four years worth of podcasts to get to where to kind of find them all. So I mean, I, I did write for the guys <laughs> each gems. one, dude. It took me so long to realize that my neighbor Totoro we did as a pre podcast one. So I was like, yeah, it was our first one. It? Our first, it one was too. our second. Holy one, shit! So that one actually was never recorded live. So like technically we have it somewhere, but. We know deep downside we did it. So we'll we'll release the audio sometime. Maybe as a maybe, maybe I've always, always thought about it because I do have the audio for all those the first I think it's two or three, three episodes we did. Three episodes three. Three. But they're not good. So <laughs> <laughs> they're not good at all. They're like, very awkward. Real. They yeah. sound terrible. There's no way I can fix these. Um so I, I'm gonna start with you, Marco, since you were the mostly the newest one here. Overall, how did you like um, watching Studio Ghibli films, like, did any of these stand out for you, or like, um, did this make you a fan overall? Or ups and downs, laughs and cries. It was a fucking awesome experience, dude. I- I'm actually kind of like sad that we gone through it. It was it was kind of our our shtick that we were kind of you know always, always fall doing back these. on when we need an next yeah. thing. Okay, no, I do have something I do want to bring up with you guys later. For our next kind of set of stuff to do, just sure. Cool. I uh, I want to say that the still the the ones that I've mentioned before that that stood out to me the most um, still hold true. I mean, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, obviously, you know, with James, I, I you know I relate to that one a lot. It's <laughs> the most fucked up uh, one you can bring up. I know, right? He's like, uh, you look Princess like Porco Rosso. I'm like, like a fat joke to the max. No. You guys look like Pompoco because Nabil's head looks like a, the nuts of a fucking raccoon. Oh my! Nabil just loves the the raccoon nuts. That's all. Uh, and of course, you know, Castle in the Sky. I recently rewatched that one with my brother, and man, movie, it's dude. still my favorite. Howl's yeah. Moving Castle. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some trashy ones in there, you know that. Yeah, that's we didn't a like. I mean, we'll go over them in a sec. Yeah, what about real. you, Nabil? Uh, did you enjoy going through them all officially now? I know you'd seen a lot of them before, but not all of them. I did. I I like the fact that they were. I think it's great that they're available for streaming on HBO Max. That you know, made that, it a lot easier. For everybody. I remember early on, yeah. it was hard for us to do these because we had to f- have physical copies. Yeah, and we you know my quality was always shitty. So <laughs> we gave so you the DVD because you didn't live close to us. We're like, here, man. Yeah. It's like here, for your DVD for you, sir. <laughs> we'd no, be, talk- thought, Martin would be talking about how good a movie looked. Like Martin would be like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching it on VHS and shit. Like, it didn't look that great, but okay. A YouTube, a YouTube upload. Yeah. What did <laughs> it's you, divided so into 14 parts. Overall, though, Nabil, what I mean, did, was it fun going through them all finally? I mean, this has been on our list was, for a long time. So. I, it made me realize how much of a similar theme a lot of these films had. Because at first, my whole interaction with them, with the films that I had seen, were more about spiritualism, and it was more fantastical uh, in that sense. But... As we kind of continued on, a lot of it were coming of age stories to a, to an extent. A lot of them, and yeah. I was kind of, sur- I've been surprised to see that because, 
it's a theme of the studio as a whole. Their films are very much focused on, and like you said, James, like on young young women as well, or young girls, um, kind of going through you know preteen and teenage life, and it's it's interesting to see that because you don't you don't really get a lot of that um, in animation or in film. So they they seem I, to be focusing, or on that. or you do, yeah. but they don't focus on the types of themes that Studio Ghibli touches upon, which I think is like what differentiates differentiates them from like other. Like animated movies that try to do the same. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say they do usually have strong female protagonists, and I think early on too, a lot of the movies focused on nature. And I think as they you did. guys saw, the the more and more we got closer to the end of it all, that it's less more about that. So, um, especially like the last few ones, if you look at them, they they actually tend to deal with outside of like Pr- Princess Kaguya and such. Um, they tend to, they tend to kind of deal with like more real life issues and problems and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like okay. So, um, I liked going through them all again. It was fun. I had done it once before, but this is the first time I had done it um, in like a more critical review of all of them, which I think was really fun. Um, my favorite episodes kind of to do. I, I remember early on we had, we actually we used to feature them as like a main review. That we soon realized yeah. like a lot of times like these were really they were pretty good, right? So most of them that we watched. So it was hard to actually kind of talk about them <laughs> outside of doing more of a mini review. So I know early on, because I mean, dude, one of our first ones, episode two, was uh, with Kiki's Delivery Service. It was like our second one was that. And I think wow. we partnered with Dunkirk, I think, which is the most random fucking combo we could have done. <laughs> no, we just, probably would not do that nowadays. Uh, they both invo- involve flying things, maybe? Yeah, know. we're like, and now are the World War II film Dunkirk. People are like, whoa, mm-hmm. what? Like, yeah. Hope you just weren't here for to hear about Kiki's delivery service. Yeah, but I, still, I don't think that both movies have to match in theme in order to do the mini reviews. No, not for mini review. I mean, that was a main review though. Like it's in the title. Yeah. Like we stopped. Oh shit! Titles, like this is part of our secret stuff. So real quick, I do want to. Uh, we have been talking about this because for the longest time, our running joke for four years at this point was like Marco always. You know, that's in my top ten. Like, yeah, you've only seen four of them, so like they're all in your top ten. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so. I got. I'm gonna start with you, Marco. What is your number one Ghibli film that you liked above all of them, and that you'd recommend if you could only tell somebody like this is like the movie to watch? What would it be? Castle in the Sky, hands down. Ooh, nice. I like that. What about you, Nabil? I'm gonna go a bit cliche here, but honestly, Spirited Away I think is the best intro for a lot of people. Nice. I like that. And normally I go with that, but I'm gonna go with Kiki's Delivery Service. I have like yeah, a renewed, a renewed love for that movie. It's it's yeah. so well done, man. Um, so I want to know then, starting back with you, Nabil, what is your top three and what is your bottom three Ghibli films? Yeah, uh, top three would be Princess Mononoke. I still love that film. Um, Spirited Away and mm-hmm. My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, and then my bottom three are the Cats Return, the Cats Returns. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. It's a bad film. Uh, Tales from Earth Sea. <laughs> and, uh, Damn, okay. Yeah, and uh, Pompoco. Although I did enjoy what? our you episode hate Pompoco? of Pompoco. I didn't think it was a great film, but I loved our episode of Pompoco. I thought that uh, was a That was probably one of the ones episode. that we li- I like yeah. recording the most because we were just laughing yeah. the whole time. We were just laughing the whole time. Uh, what about you, Margo? What's your top three? What's your bottom three? <clears throat> top three. Obviously, I mentioned first Castle one, Castle in the Sky. Then I would follow that up with Kiki's Delivery Service, and lastly, Porco Rosso. Son of a bitch. Bottom. Okay, so what do you think is your bumper? 
<laughs> Bottom three, uh, definitely uh, my neighbors the Kaguyas. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixing Yamadas, the titles sir? up because my my neighbors the Yamadas. <laughs> the Yamadas. Yeah, well, the same guy did these fucking movies and the tale of Princess Kaguya. And lastly, it's like three hours long. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way too fucking long. I combined them both because um, they both were horrible experiences, and I didn't want to say the individual titles because um, just thinking about them gotcha. just hurts. And what's your What's your last one there? Earwig and the Witch. Fuck that movie. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah, my top three: Kiki's Delivery Service. Second one is going to be Spirited Away, and then Truth Be Told for my third one. I I mean, a lot of these like top threes can kind of like mix around the whole time. Yeah, they kind of change as you rewatch them too. Yeah, yeah, because it could it could easily be a lot of these ones. Because I mean, I really like Nasca and the Valley of the Wind as a first movie. It's kind of really great as a fantasy film too. Mm-hmm. But um, that's for also my a really third, good one. Yeah, but for my third one, I'm gonna go with The Wind Rises. I think that's yeah. um, nice. A that's a good one. That's one. true. You know what film we should never have to watch again? Tales from Mercy. Oh, Grave of the Fireflies, because that shit was fucking depressing. <laughs> oh, that is just a sad movie. Yeah, that is oh, just man. so sad. But see, that's not in my bottom three. If I'm going to go no, bottom no, three, it's, it's movie, definitely though. my neighbor, the Yamadas, uh, the Tele Princess Kaguya, and Earwig and the Witch as well. They're the same as the Because those are Fuck like those the worst. movies, man. Yeah, they're the worst. Like, dude, the Cat Returns, I didn't mind it, but it's not good same. either. If there was a it's bottom me- four, it would probably be. In there too, tell you the truth. Yeah. And truth be told, I don't mind Tales from Mercy. So really, I just like Timothy Dalton talking the whole time. So. I, I mean, I just couldn't get into the movie. It was rough to watch it. I'm like, what is this? It was rough to watch. I love the score though. Uh, they do have an upcoming film in 2023. How do you live? Based on the, um, I think it's based on the novel as well. But that's going to be a lot of them are now. Yeah. Miyazaki's. Uh, it's going to be his last film. So. Like period, supposedly, yeah. and then maybe Studio Ghibli will finally be kaput. I don't know. They they keep going up and down. No one knows what's happening. I think it anymore. should just live on, but without Miyazaki, I think that's kind of the whole thing with it. Yeah. Um. So rest in peace, Ghibli Fest. We've been doing it since 2017, guys. It took us four years that. to do this. So nonstop, always moving, yeah. always producing. We brought it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to bring up something real quick, just a quick brief thing. We'll talk about it more <clears throat> offline, but. I'm thinking for our next one as a side one, we watch all the films in a sp- certain director's like discography, just kind of from yeah. beginning to end. I Are you be saying this of- because you want to finish the Alfred Hitchcock collection that Nabil gave you? No, I have to. Hey, hold on. I did finish that, sir. He did? I was like, I thought you finished I've watched that. a lot of Hitchcock films, and I do not want to do that, because I don't want to put anyone through that either. Yeah. We'll watch every Scorsese film, and we'll just start with, you know, I think it should be something where we limit it first to somebody that has maybe 10 films or less, because I just recently, for instance, went through all, like, the Spielberg films, and it's a lot of That's movies. a lot of movies. That's it's a like lot of movies. It's like 30 plus. Like, I don't want to do that again. I want to do something a little shorter that we could kind of move yeah. on, so... <clears throat> I think we should discuss it offline, obviously, but I think that I think that'd be a kind of a cool way to look at something. Maybe somebody that we all really like, but we haven't seen earlier films. Yeah, maybe, maybe James. We should watch every Aaron Sorkin directed film. How's that? That's how's only that three sound? pieces oh of shit garbage. I mean, if you want to watch all three, we can do it tonight. Um, God, please no. We do that. We could do. Well, I guess we already do film series but yeah director would be nice um I think that'd be cool it's just as like a specific I, I, kind of thing yeah we can mix it up too like if we don't do a director we can, can pick an actor 
watch all their movies too we could too it's just that i would i wouldn't want to do something that has like 50 yeah. or 60 and films there would be hard because they'll have a lot more films in and it'll be a lot of movies so. yeah I, that's why i'm thinking it's not like they washed up after like the 2000s or something <laughs> no but then you don't understand we'd have to watch those movies marco yeah we'd have to find their directed dvd stuff like if we're gonna do this we're <laughs> like being damn yeah yeah or like fucking Travolta for a little Which, bit, or Bruce Willis. Who is Van Damme? So. Bruce Willis. Oh, please, I say this again. Oh my God, what if we did do Van Damme? <laughs> Dude, that was a lot of You <laughs> got a lot of movies though, bro. We'll take a look. All right, guys. So let's move on now to our main review of Spider-Man: No Way Home. Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. From every universe. Hello, Peter. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Currently sitting at a 94% Rotten Tomato score. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed... Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. This is directed by John Watts, who also directed Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, He also is planning to direct the new uh, Fantastic Four film uh, coming out next year. Hopefully. Of course, this film is Spider-Man itself based on the Marvel comic book by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Um, This movie was written by Chris McKenna, who also wrote Homecoming, as well as Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, and of course, the uh, second Spider-Man film in this trilogy, Far From Home. Eric Summers was also a writer who did Lego Batman movie in Basically, the all rest. the rest that Chris McKenna. They've, they, they, they've been writing partners since then, pretty much. Oh, they've been writing. I was like, I don't know if they're yeah. the rest of it. Okay. All right. So, this film was released in theaters only on December 17th. And boy, have has everybody gone out to go and see this film. This is doing record-breaking um, sales right now. In fact, if I remember correctly, James, it is now the number two highest grossing film for our opening weekend um, of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's doing pretty strong numbers. And this is all, you know, considering it was hard to find opening weekend tickets. Yeah. I believe that. People are out there watching. Yeah. Full starring cast Tom Holland as Peter Parker and uh, Slash Spider Man. Zendaya as Zendaya, sorry, as MJ. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Jacob Batalon as Ned Leeds. John Favreau comes back as Happy Hogan. Uh, Jamie Foxx plays Electro. Willem Dafoe plays Green Goblin. Alfred Molina is back as Doc Ock. Rise Ilfans is The Lizard. Thomas Hayden Church is Sandman. Benedict Wong is back as 
Wong. Tony Rivoli is Flash Thompson. Marissa Tomei plays May Parker. And J.K. Simmons plays J. Jonah Jameson. Okay, so James, let me go and ask you, what do you think about this film? So, as you guys know, I have Marvel fatigue to the max. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much superhero movies, but yeah, I gotta don't say, say. I gotta say, though, guys, I fucking loved this movie. I absolutely liked, loved it. I Everything worked for it. I mean... As a standalone, I don't know if it works too well if you haven't seen any of the older Spider-Man films. That I is mean, that is the one the, the bigger payoff for me. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're not going to spoil anything that you haven't seen in the um, trailers. We'll talk about that during spoiler sessions. Anything after that? But I like how they where they pulled things from. I like the references. I thought finally it's less of this. Go- I mean, I'm still not the big. Okay, I'll tell you right now, I'm not the biggest Tom Holland fan, guys. As Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Wow, sure, but I, 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 you know, I, you can only be so confused about like things, like oh no, what's going on, you know, like oh. before, like, and finally, I feel by the end of this movie, he's finally Sp- Spider Man, if that makes sense. And so. I think that's the point of this film is to kind of go back to what Spider Man's supposed to be. But mind you, he is supposed to be technically a teenager, still, still in high school, you True. know, still going through all this this whole time. I guess I wish I just saw the older version of him. I guess yeah. what I'm getting at. I don't fucking <laughs> sure. know. But I finally felt like he fit the character by the end of this one. And I, I there's a lot in here that I want to talk about that, unfortunately, we can't even talk about till spoilers. So I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Well, Marco, what about you? What were your thoughts on the film? Oh, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, like James was saying, <clears throat> does it hold up as a standalone movie? No, but I don't give a fuck, dude. I got everything I fucking <laughs> wanted in this movie, dude. This movie fucking landed every single fucking thing, dude. And I stand by it. It's it it was great. <laughs> Just fucking great. <laughs> I think it handles the lore of Spider-Man well, the character, the the homage to Spider-Man, I think, is very heavy in this. And I think it's probably like one of the most complete Spider-Man movies, if I can say so. Yeah, um, this Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, of course, is like a high schooler, and I feel it's more true to like the character. Like you, you see him actually grow and evolve into Spider-Man, you know, rather than Spider-Boy. And yeah, you know, or were we used to seeing his Spider-Man like already around this age, like you know, graduating high school and more like into college? Yeah, but I'm kind of glad that it went back to its origins with this version of Spider-Man, and we got to see the evolution of him becoming who like the hero he is supposed to be. So I, I felt that uh, the movie did a great job at that. So like James was saying, there's a ton of stuff that we can't spoil that we want to talk about. So we're not going to say it here. All I'm going to say is that I had fucking fun watching this movie. What about you, Nabil? Yeah, I, I feel the same. It was a great film. There's a lot of great things that they put together here. There are a couple of plot holes that are very, um, apparent and I just am like okay we're just gonna skip over that and that's yeah. fine yeah. you know it's it's what it is but but the film itself what they were trying to accomplish and what they did accomplish they nailed it it could have easily been an overly bloated film if they could have done the staple Sony you know film franchise where they kill it by essentially having all the uh, too many villains and too many things going on too much plot this and that and setting up for something else and they did a good job they put this all together they did Spider-Man Justice um, and the interactions of the different characters, especially all the villains together, that was great. So, uh, as a whole, the film was awesome. 
I do have some some glaring things about the the plot itself, which we can certainly talk about spoilers. Um, but I, I do want to just kind of bring a small mention, and they bring this up in the trailer that I I thought was kind of weird was you know Doctor Strange is being asked to have people forget who Peter is um, mm-hmm. and try to wipe everybody's memory, and that's kind of the catalyst of what ends up happening and and why these uh, villains are showing up in the film. But you know Doctor Strange is also an adult and. Peter is a kid and he's trying to do these things for his his friends for them to remember and it's kind of weird that he doesn't question Peter at all he's just like okay yeah, yeah you guys don't want to go to community college all right I'll, yeah. I'll change I, 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 yeah I, I will like, say what I will say to Bill chime in on that the catalyst for this movie is bullshit but it I is. didn't care it's, right. it's comic book say, accurate I will say that up. what is up with Doctor Strange fucking wig it is yeah, the worst yeah. wig I've ever fucking seen, and it looks Which, like he's I don't wearing think it was the same so bad thing. Before, yeah, he's wearing like the same look in like the next movie too. So I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Benedict Cumberbatch has a decent head of hair on him, guys. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Just use it. Yeah, but they want to add that you know the the silver fox the look to him. That's beehive why. look, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I it looks bad. I was like, dude, what the fuck happened? Hey, real quick. You guys both saw this on Sunday, right? I don't know how the fuck yeah. you guys survived until then to see this. Mm-hmm. It was hard. How was your theater? Was it was it like a pretty interactive theater, or were they all just yeah. quiet the whole time? Yeah, they were pretty interactive. Yeah, same. Mine was absolutely bonkers. Like <laughs> we had people dressed up. We had people. I mean, bro, I I was joking that we. I was like, how many? I saw, I saw it with Mikey and my niece, and I was like, I wonder how many times people were gonna clap. We all collectively clapped like 80 times probably you went opening night yeah for i some, went right? opening night uh it was an, every time something would pop on the screen it was just a, a dude if it, it, i haven't had an experience like that since uh end game came out so that's how yeah. it was so it was right. yeah, i think it added to the experience to tell you the truth so it was fun it was really cool yeah, and i, I just, saw it with uh, family and you gotta, uh, uh, there were people me, so yeah there were people dressed up at our theater too and I, I, same dude i think that this yeah. was the experience that everyone was waiting for really yeah it's been a long time since we've had that kind of feeling and, and it's been especially with with the pandemic um and going to films <laughs> the, the the cautious tale of not sure uh, you know being close to everybody and the film being packed and just getting that interaction kind of makes you feel like okay well we can we can all go back to a theater and actually enjoy ourselves uh and with especially appreciate a good movie so so it was it was a good experience for sure seeing this yeah. film with uh with other people in the theaters um there are there's just a lot we want to talk about and there's i'm sure we could we can lean into things without spoiling the plot but honestly we just kind of want to dig into it and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're a spider-man fan and you haven't seen the film yet so uh, i think we're gonna just gonna give a give you our review of of our star rating of this film and honestly we're just gonna go into spoiler and really just disassemble this film and talk about it so um you know, we recommend you guys all to watch this movie for sure. I think uh, yes. my review, my review here, my star rating, I give it a four and a half stars, uh, and that's mostly because of some glaring plot holes. But overall, I think it was an excellent film. Uh, James, what, were, what was your rating on this? I give this my rare rating of a five out of five. Oh goodness, look at that! What about you, Marco? I give it also a four and a half star in the bill. Very nice. Yes. Yeah, and and I think that would all kind of go into saying that we recommend this film. So so if you haven't seen it, um, 
get some tickets, go and watch it. It's going to be a while before it comes out on streaming, especially since it's doing so much money right now. It'll be in theaters for a minute. Um, if you don't care about spoilers, feel free to stay on for a little bit and listen to us go into all the fun details. Um, if not, skip ahead and hear what we have coming up next for you. All right, so let's just jump right into the spoilers. Um, let's just start with the first big Easter egg that came in, um, which I, I'm sure James and Marco was really excited to see. I feel like James may have already had this pulled for him, unfortunately. Um, but um, we had Matt Murdock himself, played by the former uh, Daredevil from the Daredevil series, uh, Charlie Cox, in there, playing as uh, Peter's attorney. Yeah. What did you think about that, James, uh, seeing him kind of... It was spoiled for me. This was one of the things that I, I had told you guys several days before the movie came out. Like, don't go. Like, I was like, delete yeah. stuff already because <laughs> this is this is one of the first things that got ruined for me. I was like, wow, you know. Uh, it was cool. It kind of shows. I mean, we're in spoilers, so I'm spoiling everything. By the way, so I will even be talking about the Spider-Man PS4 game, uh, Hawkeye, all this stuff. So if you haven't seen any of that too, now's your time to. Yep. Yes. Get away from me, I guess. There's a lot to spoil here, guys. Um, so, I mean, they just revealed on when last Wednesday that Kingpin is in the universe, so now we have Matt Murdock yep. back. So, um, <clears throat> all we need is Vietnamese Spider-Man, and we're fucking set, dude. So, <laughs> um, I liked it. This is the first. This was like the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah, it was like insane, and the theater went wild. We were like, "Oh my god!" As soon as you saw the cane, and I was like, "Oh my fucking god." <laughs> So, you know, it was one of those things where just, I was like, cool. He has a very small role. It's literally it is. It's, two and a half is probably minutes. the actual cameo in the film, because the rest yeah. of the kind of things that happen here are not really cameos. They're, they're full-on parts. I'll say there's a mid-credit cameo that's uh, would probably just about as long as a time, but... Yeah. But yeah. I, I, Cool. I, do I think, can't wait to see Daredevil. So I know I, I'm glad to see that he'll show up, and I'm, I'm hoping soon into some other films. But I do want to say, you know, the reason that Matt Murdock is there is to get um, Tom Holland off, Tom, Peter Parker off on the murder charge oh, from Mysterio, okay. which I we kind of going with that quote. <laughs> <laughs> which we just kind of bury the whole plot line of the ending of the second film is like you know mystery revealed his identity and then is being framing him for murder and it's like oh yeah we we got you off your time you're kidding like, but yeah. they just know your identity now sorry yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> so, so what did you think about well, that market with matt murdoch and then the whole idea of of mysterio's you know subplot there kind of resolved well, first off, I was fucking juiced that he's in this movie, and I know it was speculated a lot. There was rumored a lot, but you know, there, there's always a lot of rumors, and it's always you know smoke. But this time, it was fucking actually Matt Murdock from Daredevil from Netflix, and I couldn't wait for that to happen. And yeah, just like James said, Kingpin is now in this fucking universe too. I'm hoping they keep Punisher in this as well. I want to see a fucking ground level movie with Matt Murdock with fucking Spider Man. And these guys battling Kingpin, I think that would be fucking amazing. But uh, yeah, he was there to get Peter off on murder. Really, everything was circumstantial on there. There really wasn't any hard evidence against Peter. Like, video can be fabricated and shit. And plus, trials in real life, they take a long time. Like, there's some murder trials that don't even go to trial until like one, two years later. So, Spider-Man could have had like six adventures between that time before he even goes to trial. So, that's, that's, it's kind of believable that, yeah, they bring it up. You know, there's a lot of preliminary bullshit and then the real plot happens. And, um, I kind of like that. They'll, you know, it was, it was all just introduced Matt Murdock and I'm okay with that because he deserves to be in the fucking MCU. And if you haven't seen Daredevil on Netflix, 
Fucking go watch that shit. Season three is fucking fire. I stand by it. I was about to be. I, I was like, <laughs> I, I will say this. But I don't know if it's canon yet, though. So yeah, we still don't. We he could yeah. just be playing. It's a good Daredevil. show, though, regardless, True. canon or not. Yeah. But I, it sounds like they are just playing the same people, but we don't know yet, really. So yeah. It'd be cool yeah, it could be like that weird X Men thing where, yeah, you know, Professor yeah. X is played yeah. by you know Jean Luc Picard, and it's like, is he the same one from the from the two thousands <laughs> movie, or is this a different guy? Just roll with it. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and that's when you just go shh, shh. Yeah. So the the other thing, speaking of what you were talking about earlier, Marco, as far as the catalyst, um, the so once they kind of resolve quickly the Mysterio uh, murder ending thing, they they basically move into Spider Man being famous and popular because everybody knows who he is now and they want to get a piece of him and all mm-hmm. the people around him, um, which leads to him not being able to get into MIT because and his friends because they're affiliated with him and because I guess he's got stuff going on around him he's he's got negative uh, stigma on him because of the murder trial or not murder trial i do think that that's kind of weird because you know in this universe all the avengers their identities are revealed and i know he's a teenager and everything but i feel like you know we were watching that hawkeye show and hawkeye you were talking about uh hawkeye james and Hawkeye is there. Clint, everybody knows who Clint is. He's got his name on a plaque. So I don't, and they're not bothering him in the city of New York. So I don't know why that it's such a big deal for Peter Parker. Um, what did you guys think about that catalyst of his reasoning to go to Doctor Strange, um, to, to try to get people to forget who he was? Um, and then, you know, like, I feel like this is maybe, maybe it's just him being a teenager, but it seems like a very, weird plot point of of trying to move things forward here and saying oh i just want my friends to get into college i think the movie didn't do a good job at actually showing why but the thing is remember mysterio was viewed as a superhero and everyone thought he was a hero no one knew he was a fraud but spider-man and nick fury so everyone saw spider-man murder a superhero it's like hawkeye murdering spider-man or or someone you know it's like one of the avengers murdering someone else so i think that's why they were mad at him it wasn't because oh he's spider-man it was because of that and there was so much speculation remember when he went to the school he meant the three teachers two of them were on his side that one gym teacher was like (laughs) you're you're a murderer so there were people that (laughs) did not believe his innocence so that's that was the reasoning why is, is a lot of people still thought well yeah he still murdered a superhero it wasn't because he murdered a villain. It's because he quote unquote murdered a superhero. At least that's that's what I got out of it. And I don't know what did you think, James? I mean, if it's just talking about him going to yeah, it was fucking stupid. <laughs> like go. go to community college for a year, guys. Trust me, yeah. it's not bad. Um, yeah, yeah, it's dumb. It's, it's it's probably the weakest part of the movie. It's him mm-hmm. going to him to be like, can everyone just forget? I like because Peter wants to experience life and shit. Like, well, then I mean. You're on the Avengers, kid, and like your life's yeah. kind of over. So you've already experienced quite a bit of life. This one, gone to space. MJ looked like they could probably do okay. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah he but. he didn't want to experience the superhero life either, like the other Not Avengers yet, were. At least for this. Yeah, he, he wanted to enjoy, like you were saying, his his youth and everything like that. And he didn't want to be in the forefront. He just wanted to be secret. But um, I thought it was cool, and I thought that it was a nice little like addition to Civil War because in the comics, like that's where his identity is revealed too. So it kind of like pays homage to that. And that's um, kind of like. The, he never called anyone. He knows, like Mendipo saying, he knows the most famous people on the planet. Like Bruce Banner can't call him. I teen kitchen. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Really, mm-hmm. old Captain America, where the fuck he is? I don't know. 
<laughs> Pepper Potts could have hooked it up too. Oh, yeah, I mean, Pepper you know. Potts, like, hey, can mm-hmm. we get a job with you? Okay, cool, thanks. Damn, we're millionaires now. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess. Uh, so once they go through that, Doctor Strange does try to cast a spell, and things fall apart, um, tearing a rip into to time and space, um, and it leads to a bunch of people that may or may not know Spider Man or Peter Parker uh, come into this world of his um you've got we mentioned all the the galleries of, of uh, villains here electro green goblin doc Ock, the lizard snowman uh sandman. and electro sandman, not snowman. sandman sorry snowman, snowman. Hey. It's Christmas. um so they all kind of show up and they're all from obviously pulled from different universes these are from the first uh sam the sam raimi trilogy as well as the uh is his name mark webb um yeah mark webb Mark Webb was the director of the the other two amazing Spider-Man films with uh, um, Andrew Garfield. So they they got a hodgepodge of villains in here. They are attack. They see Spider-Man and Doc Ock shows up first and is attacking him. And then come to find out, he realizes it's not his Peter Parker. Uh, and uh, Peter entraps him. And basically, the whole story is trying to gather up all these villains and um, send him back. Uh, the the caveat to that though is that they need to uh peter doesn't want to just send them back he wants to cure them fix them per se yeah. um and he finds a way slowly to try to do that i think it's interesting and james i could probably want to get a bit of your feedback on this on everybody's dynamic on who's willing to make a change and who's not uh more specifically um seeing kind of like doc ock and uh willem dafoe's character green goblin and how their characters have translated because they're both from the sam raimi film it's kind of the the older set of um villains and how they're portrayed on screen here and kind of their journey to to being quote cured what you yeah. thought about how how those characters were kind of brought in and how willem dafoe and Alfred i'll Molina say did. that this is probably where like the most plot holes happen like yeah. just kind of roll with it especially i mean i rewatched all the movies right before this which was i highly recommend if you haven't seen the sam raimi ones or the amazing spider-man duology um they're a good rewatch on these ones especially i mean i watched it with my niece and she had never seen them and i mean she has friends that were like unaware that these other characters came from other movies too you know for kids nowadays they're, they don't really know about it too well but um i like that aspect of like it shows you that to the tom holland spider-man is raised by aunt may and she you know she's part of feast in this one and all and She's trying to do better and teach him better so that he wants to help and cure these people, which I think was a was much different than I thought was going to happen. I had no idea that was going to happen because it makes sense, yeah. right? Like, he wants to fix them. It's, it's just funny. Like, are they going back right to the moment they die? Or are they going yeah, That's the interesting thing is if he fixes them. And then he's like, I'm still drowning, though. Fuck! Exactly. You know, right, something like right. that. Um, or the glider. Like, get out of the way, cured green goblin. But, um... Or the yeah, green goblin fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peter. His face. <laughs> um, I loved all of them, though, man. They all came back good. It's like they kind of fixed, uh, especially like Electro's like kind of quote-unquote fixed from the last one. Oh, he even <laughs> yeah. said it. He's like, I like me in this universe. I look great. Which is cool, because he actually he does come out as blue, then transform, so they do explain it, but... Yeah, that's uh, different kind of power. It's insane how menacing and fucking insane Willem Dafoe is as the Green Goblin. Still, like he's such like the fucking bad guy. I just uh, it worked out. Though. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What did you think about their their kind of dynamic as a whole, Marco? Um, I feel, in my opinion, like the just I don't know if it's just the quality of the writing or it's the quality of the actors, but 
I felt there was a really good kind of chemistry and dynamic between all the just the villains and themselves and, and them interacting, especially when they were in their little condo apartment thing. Um, what yeah. were your thoughts on just that dynamic of, of all the villains? I think credit is due to both excellent writing and you gotta you gotta look back at these movies because just like james i i went back and i watched all of them too like the toby mcguire movies and also the andrew garfield movies and yeah you really need to watch those before you watch this fucking movie just just saying uh if not i can uh, send you a link to a youtube 15 minute youtube video if you don't have like you know eight hours to spare or 10 hours to spare but <laughs> i i think it's 11 that hours and 45 minutes thinking back all these villains were well casted you know, for their time and even for our time, Still, like yeah. they were well casted. No. Yeah. Like they're they're full of talent, whether they were you know horrible in their origin movies or not. Uh, I'm glad that they were actually able to, in a way, tweak them a little bit, and and it worked, and we got to see them at their full potential in this film. And it was a nice little preview of like the Sinister Six. You know, you got to see them kind of like get to know each other, see like how they could unite, how they could you know partner up and either team up against Spider Man or try to help him out. I, I like the uh, how they kept like you know telling each other their origin, like how Sandman <laughs> and uh, Electro realized that they both were created almost the same way. Yeah, <laughs> like this shit. Uh, and I like how Octavius and Osborne were, you know, compliment, were mutually complimenting each other and, and respecting, you know, how they were both men of science. That I all love the that, meme, dude. I love the meme where he's like, "I'm somewhat of a scientist myself." Yeah, oh my <laughs> fucking god, the throwback lines were fucking fire, dude. I like that the meta jokes between them were just great, and and you don't get them; they go over your head if you haven't seen his movies or aren't familiar with them. But I think it was handled with grace, and it 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 isn't hammed out, it isn't cheesy, and it 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 just works for this fucking movie. So. Yeah, they were handled great. I'll say this, but this is where you're talking about some plot holes too, right, Nabil? Because like, oh yeah, the villains are very aware of like the deaths of other villains that shouldn't quite know. Like, no one knew the Goblin died from his own glider, right? And like Mm -hmm. Doc Ock saying it, I'm like, couldn't tell Harry that. Yeah, (laughs) he'd been thinking (laughs) that for fucking years, trying to figure that out. Spider Man killed my friend. Well, actually, Doc Ock's known apparently somehow. And then like, true, mm -hmm. but you could easily sell it as Harry just didn't believe it. Because he wanted to hate Spider-Man. Yeah, but he doesn't hear about it till his fucking creepy fucking... Uh, oh, that's right. Like, butler, your, your, I, I, your father's blade. But was, there's there's the meme too. Why didn't the butler tell him years ago? He knew the Dude, whole I, fucking time. I wanted to see you get angry. <laughs> he told him after his face got fucked up. I know. Yeah, so I was like, mm, what? <laughs> and then like the lizard knowing about other things too i'm like i don't think you even knew that guy but i'm like one well, like the lizard how- doesn't technically die and then electro doesn't technically yeah. know who andrew garfield spider-man was but there's something later he's like that's your black and like how the lizard yeah. became the lizard again because he was cured yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> so. Yeah, I see. I mean, that the, these are the ones you just take a grain of salt. Like it's just miraculous you see all it, these people. Like, yeah, just, just roll with it, dude. All, yeah, I mean, again, the whole catalyst of the movie is like James even brought it up too. Like this is another big plot hole, but I'm, yeah, I'm just, gonna bring it up just again. Go with it. I was like, eh, is, oh, fuck it. It's just like you didn't explain the, the instructions of the spell, and you guys didn't make a list. Yeah, all that and you don't yeah. have a movie. Yeah, pretty seems- much. Aren't you? I mean, technically, Doctor Strange is not Sorcerer Supreme anymore, but 
Which I think is hilarious yeah. and great. I'm, I'm glad that they kind of put that in there saying, you yeah, know, he was gone for five years. So, so long. Yeah. Can they just stop like, calling it the blip, though? It is the most fucking bullshit name of that ever. I can't stand uh, that it's name. It's not the snapping, buddy. So. Right? No, nah, man. Fuck it, dude. In the comics, they call it the decimation. I'm like, there you go. Call it that. Yeah, but this is. Fuck it. They're not going to change this, dude. Yeah, it's just it's annoying. Ooh, he blipped. Yeah. And and we side skirted a bit, but there is like a whole battle between Spider Man and Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange is trying to send them all back, and it's in a great sequence. Yeah, most it of looks it's great, in the trailer. That's my only issue. Yeah, most of it's in the trailer, so you kind of just see it, and so that there really isn't big between right. Green Goblin and Spider Man, where he, you know, where he realizes Green Goblin's fucking with him. I yeah. love that yeah. when he realizes like what's wrong. He's like, it's you. I, mean, he, I feel like that he's finally having a Spidey sense too. They still call it the tingle. Nobody wants to call it a spider sense. I don't know yes. what the hell's up with that. I agree to Bill. But bro, they're, like, bro oh, they're, they're getting thrown through floors and shit. And then like every oh guy God, he's yeah. fought, he's never fought like a crazy ass person like this before. And I, mm-hmm. I love that they had to take the Tobey Maguire one to be like, yo, this guy fucked Tobey Maguire up in the first fucking movie, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Tobey Maguire basically almost died. That fight times. was handled so well. And the fact that it was almost kind of like that, that scene where, where Batman was punching the Joker and like, he's just taking it. And it's like the same thing. He's just taking these fucking punches from Spider-Man and just fucking laughing at his face. I was like, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Definitely the first film where Tom Holland, Spider-Man got pushed to the brink where the other films, like there was, it was, it's too dark. much for it's him darker to handle. than I thought it would be too. Naboo. Yeah, from the trailers, I didn't think it would be like this. I was like, oh shit! So I, I was, I was surprised. Yeah, a lot of grief that happens to him there. Speaking of grief, um, unfortunately, we did have a death in this film. Yeah, uh, the death of Aunt May. Um, who I guess there's no Uncle Ben in this universe. There was. So, there was an Uncle Ben. Once upon a time. Yeah, they talked um, about in Homecoming. Ah, uh, well, there you go. So. Aunt May unfortunately dies, um, and she dies kind of indirectly because of Spider-Man, because the villains that are here are here because he's let them still be there, and Green Goblin goes apeshit on everybody, and basically... Because he didn't write a list of who he wanted to know his identity. (laughs) Right. Be prepared. If you show up to Doctor Strange, you better be ready to do that spell right then and there. No, if you... Hope you went to the bathroom, right? It's right. like making a wish with a genie. You got to be exact and very it, specific. It, it's right. not like they could have planned it because, I mean, it's a spell. It would have worked at any time. Did you guys mm-hmm. think she actually survived for a sec? I was like, I did. I didn't did know. Okay, I'm like, didn't the glider hit her? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what I thought too. One, I was like, like mm. Godspeed, Spider Man. She does say her, you know, she finally catches on. She says like, that kind of glide. Yeah. yeah, she says the great responsibility. With great power comes a great responsibility. That's just cool. Which which I read was the the line specifically, which much more closer to what it was said in the comic than what you know. With just with great power comes great responsibility. Which I it's like okay, that's different. Yeah. It's a much more literal take from the comic book. But I mean, it's directly what Uncle Ben says in the Tony McGuire yeah, one. Basically, yeah. yeah. Not what um, Martin Sheen says in this amazing <laughs> one. By the way, when they said he that, was I was trying like, to change it up. Quite. So. I was like, all right. <laughs> they had to make it different. Yeah. yeah. Um. I thought it was pretty sad. That was the most tragic thing that's happened to him at the point. I mean, it was emotional you, twice in that scene. I think too, because it's where what happens to her, and you think she's out, and then she gets up, and then it happens again, and you're like, oh shit. And then when you see Happy seeing her through the window, like she didn't make mm-hmm. it, and Spider Man's you know crying, and he gets get shot at one point. Uh, he gets um, he gets fucking shot. Uh, mind you, we never yeah. addressed the bullet that's in his arm, but uh, yes, yeah, I guess super was, healing, so it goes away. Mm-hmm. So. I guess so. Yeah. 
Um, remind I, me of the PS4 game, by the way. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't played it, sorry, you guys had four fucking years. Right. Uh, Aunt May dies at the end of that mo- game, too, and it is fucking sad as fuck. Yeah. Just to let you know. So, that hit me the, the same way. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, they did the Aunt May death just like the fucking game? In the so, comics, too, she dies. Yeah, this one is... um bit more reminiscent of the video game in a way not quite with obviously no green goblin yet in the game but i mean hint at it in the sequel but um yeah it hit it pretty hard man i was like shit but yeah. i mean it's kind of like he needed like that final push i guess well he but, had the person he lost um the i mean outside of his uncle ben i guess but um the real person he's lost in these films was tony stark that was supposed to be his his father mm-hmm. figure kind of role model yeah. and and this is now more this whole film has kind of put him in trajectory to what the true kind of Spider-Man origin story is. Um, and it kind of pushed him more forward once once he lost, essentially, his only living relative, um, kind of putting him truly alone at this point. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that fucking scene broke me. I was fucking balmized out, dude. I was just like, holy fuck. I didn't think they'd really do it. I was kind of like psyched out. I was like, okay, they're not, I guess they're not going to kill her. I'm like, oh, no. They are not not pulling punches. I love that. And man, yeah, when uh, when Happy and Peter lock eyes and realize that she's gone, I was like, "Fuck, yeah. no, no coming back from this." But yeah, I had a single yeah. tear. I was like, "Goodbye, hottest on me." <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was like Marissa told me, I was like, "Fuck, never lost again." Good, lost a good one. Never again. But yeah, good stuff. So. So now, because of all the death and, and Tom Holland, Spider-Man kind of hiding because he's he's trying to deal with his grief, um, his buddies, Ned and MJ, are out there trying to find him. And Ned surprisingly has some uh, some Doctor Strange magic. Some Filipino fucking magic, yeah. apparently, guys. <laughs> he's got a, uh, James, I did not you, think I was going to hear some Gallo shit from us. this movie, and it happened. I was like, <laughs> what the I'm, fuck I'm is some going on? shit from us, and I don't know why. I need you to translate next time. I go, you know, I got to watch this film with you, get some live uh, feedback here. I was, I was like, looking around no for James. Way. like, James, James, help me. Please get, get, that, get that web up the corner, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? But um, Ned somehow finds, but while searching for his Spider-Man, finds two other Spider-Man. Surprise, surprise. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up in this film from the previous Spider-Man films. So there's a big reveal there, having all three Spider-Man in the same universe now. Which is fitting, because we have a bunch of villains from their various universes as well. And uh, they end up finding Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and Peter Parker, and team up to find ways to cure everybody and have an epic battle up onto the new i don't know what they're calling it but it's the reconstructed statue of liberty Liberty. which has yeah with the uh captain america shield on there now for some reason so um gosh that was a big deal and i know you probably with your guys's theater everybody was applauding and cheering to seeing all the spider-mans on there um i really miss seeing andrew garfield i thought he was for some reason, even better in this film with his charisma and just his wittiness and, and with you know everything I over here it is too. than it's anything like, else. Out of all this, the two Spider-Man, because Andrew Garfield wanted to do a third movie, you know? Like, he was, yeah. he yep. really he loved was playing that role, and it really shows in this movie. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he was really he was really there. Tommy Wire was cool, too. I hadn't seen him in ages. Oh, God, you know, he's aged a bit. <laughs> but, he was like, give me my fucking paycheck. I don't know. <laughs> he, he was there. Hey, 
Marco, what were your thoughts when you saw all the Spider-Men kind of show up and, and you know, there was a big reveal in, in their interaction there? Man, I lost my shit. I was like, are they going to do it? Here we go. As soon as he opened the 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 portal or whatever, you saw the silhouette of Spider-Man. You're like, it, it's not going to be Tom Holland. And boom, it was, I eyes, thought it was bigger gonna be, eyes too. I was yeah. Like, yeah. Eyes. Yeah. That's when I knew it was Andrew Garfield. I was like, oh, is it going to be Tobey Maguire? I thought Tobey was going to be first, but no, um, Andrew was first. Cause I guess he was the most recent one before Tom Holland, but I fucking lost my shit. The whole theater went wild. Like everyone was like, holy fuck, he's back. And it was just unreal, dude. Cause you just never thought they were actually going to do that. And it's the first time ever we've had like multiple Spider-Men in a live action, you know, obviously you know, Spider-Verse prepared us for that, but still, it was fucking great. And yeah, like you said, it was great to see Andrew Garfield on film as Spider-Man, and they both talk, talk to each other about what it was like to be Spider-Man, so it's fucking it's awesome, cool dude. See, right? I, can't, I even told my niece, I was like, this is fucking crazy. Right? She's like, can you stop talking during the movie? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse You're like, oh, me. wait, is the person in the back telling me? Never mind. Oh, and what were your thoughts, James? I know, I'm sure it was... Uh, you were anticipating some of it, but um, were were you surprised to see see them in there? Uh, I wasn't surprised because once again, this got spoiled for me. But um, I I still was like really happy to see it. I didn't know in what context. I I was kept always thinking there was just gonna be like a thing at the end. Maybe I didn't realize it'd be in there for half the fucking movie though. I was like, yeah, Ooh. they were very much a part of the plot. Yeah, and I like how they you know they kind of went into like a mentoring kind of a thing for Tom Holland, and and like their interactions are fucking kind of hilarious at times and great yeah. a lot of the, the writing was on point man they they caught all each of it, person I think. yeah like i always yeah. was wondering like would they would they question why uh, toby mcguire has it coming out of his body and then they you know they bust <laughs> a joke on that uh his bad back which is notorious for toby mcguire they even do yeah. like, that little joke the mm-hmm. meta then, humor was great like yeah it was just my just favorite them, like, line <laughs> Was where he's like, oh, I'm part of the Avengers. And he's like, what? Tobey Maguire's like, what's the Avengers? And then Andrew Garfield's like, are you in a band, man? Nice. And then he's, I was like, oh That was fucking God. hilarious. Or uh, yeah. or when uh, when Toby's like, oh, what, you guys don't have that? When he's shooting his web right of his wrists. And it's just yeah, like everyone I mean. pointing it out. And then later he's like, does it only come out of there? Yeah. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> Anywhere else? Like, how do you make it? Where is it yeah. produced? <laughs> yeah. But it's like. It was awesome, dude. I liked that a lot. It was a great payoff for if, you know, obviously, once again, though, I don't know if it would matter if you've never seen those movies, though. I'd love that's to talk to someone that's never Sorry. seen them. I just got to say, wonder if I could say who's Spider-Man 1, who's 2, and who's 3. Oh, that's just, and Andrew that's just, Garfield that's even gets like, the 3. That's even yeah. Ned, where they're like, uh, Peter Par- Peter, then, oh, sorry, Peter yeah. Parker. They're like, yeah, that's all of us. They're like, oh, shit. Oh, they do they the freaking do the, meme? They did the meme. They did the meme. Yeah. Like, yeah. Each other. yeah. Like, oh, shit, it's happening. <laughs> But um, Andrew Garfield begrudgingly accepts three. Okay, I guess I'm number three. Well, even he brings up like, oh, I didn't get to fight anyone cool. And then, like, then Tommy Gore is like, you're amazing, man. I was like, oh, yeah, man. you're amazing. Yeah. I love, yeah, the love for each other was just fucking great. I loved it. The bromance. It worked out so well. I hope this is not the last we see of them either, by the way. I hope. Same. We I hope see they find a way to connect them, yeah. At least another couple of times. It would be cool. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, so, but uh, like I said, though, I don't know if it would hit as hard if you didn't see those movies, though. Like, I was talking, I think that's important. My niece's classmates literally have never seen those, so I'm like, I wonder if they're just like, who the fuck are these two guys? They're like, cool, (laughs) other Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, like, who, like, oh, there's some history behind that. 
Yeah. And and speaking of the other Spider-Man, there were I mean obviously there was a lot of callbacks and to to the other films. Uh, one of the things was just Tobey Maguire and uh, Green Goblin and how mm-hmm. there was kind of role reversal of him getting stabbed um, versus the uh, Green Goblin who got stabbed yeah. originally. And he stops Andrew Holland, which is yeah, he stops him. Cool which thing is and kind of cool. I like that uh, Andrew Garfield catches MJ, which is fun. Which I be, I yeah. called it from the trailer. I was like, it's got to happen, right? Everyone said it's got to be him. That was very emotional. That got that was, to me a bit because I was like, "There was oh. a man behind me sobbing," and I was like, "Marco, and did he see an early screening?" I turned around <laughs> twice. Yeah, actually, that did emotionally get to me as well. Did he course corrected too? Rather than yeah. uh, shooting yeah, the web not at her, let her land. He, he was. He gonna, shoots the web and he grabs her with his hand, yeah, so he yeah. takes most of the tension. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, that is such an awesome detail," mm-hmm. and I love it. That mm-hmm. fight scene too with Green Goblin on top of the Statue of Liberty. And how fitting it is that it's on top of Cap Shield was just yeah. fucking great because it was almost like a, a mirror image of like when um, Secret Agent in Falcon and Winter Soldier was almost about to do the same, and it was always fitting that it was just on top of uh, Cap Shield. It was almost like yeah. mirrors of those of those two scenes. So I like that. I barely remember that show. Unfortunately, <laughs> just moved on from that. Yeah, I did not like that, man. Yeah, I think the fight scene was epic. Uh, it really did kind of hold up, and the, it was just good because you know Spider-Man's supposed to be quippy. He's supposed to be quick-witted. They they're agile and fast and all this, and and all three of them together, they still played off of each other in that same manner. So it was very entertaining too. So it wasn't just like a, a serious fight that they got to get through, like in some of the films where you know they've had those one-on-one interactions and just stay serious. They mm-hmm. are just straight up playing off of each other the whole time. Um, and like you guys said, we're just trying to figure out when they were learning the team up on who's Peter 1 and 2 and 3 and everything else. Like they were, it was all about just handling the business, but also there was there was some levity to it, which was great. It was a great well, fight scene. I mean, scene there's, the there end. was no other way to do it because they're Spider-Man. Like they all of them are witty and stuff in each one of their movies. So it wouldn't make sense if they were like all serious and stuff during the movie while they right. were fighting. So yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else that kind of caught your guys' eye or that was interesting as far as, you know, those interactions with the with the three Spider-Men? It just works well. I think I think yeah. we pretty much touched everything on that, yeah. I will say I liked that I thought Toby was gonna die at the end, Molly. Did you guys think so? I did too. I yeah. liked that they just kinda like, running no off his like fucking no. way. But then I've he's been like I've been before. stabbed for and I was like, Okay, cool, he's fine. <laughs> I think he's talking about when Harry stabbed him. So I was like, oh, "Fuck!" Cool. I was like, "Okay, cool. He's he's probably lost a lot of organs in that area. He's fine." <laughs> it looked very fatal, though, didn't it? I thought yeah. he got him in the chest. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. But then yeah. it like looked down inside. I was like, "Oh, thank God." Okay. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, man." I was like, "That would have fucked me up." So that's like, all. Two deaths. Yeah, I was like, I can't handle Toby dying. Right. <laughs> like, that's how he's like, you got, today, "I'll be back, Satan. but you got to kill me." <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I didn't think Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was going to be an actual Spider-Man. Um, I just thought he was just going to be there as a mentor. I gave up the suit or something. He's like, yeah, I got it underneath me. I'm like, oh, great. Yes. When Nibble saw that, he said, me too. And as he pulled his shirt down, <laughs> brought mine just in case. You Fuck. never know. Always, always stay ready. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the suits as well, <laughs> one final thing to really kind of cap off this Spider-Man who's officially gone from the Marvel Universe, Tony Stark, Armor Spider Nanotechnology guy, which in my opinion, probably should have kept that shit because it was very helpful most of the time, um, to just, he's on his own, living his life. He's got nobody around him right now. Um, Can I and bring up one thing that I suit. think might, why they did this? 
Why is that? Do they do this just in case Sony gets all the rights back and they're like, that is now exactly nobody part. remembers, yeah. right? It yep. depends on... It's like, Sony, pretty convenient, so, right? And I was like, no one... So this is the last of the deal that they made for the three films. They have one um, more. Tom he's Holland, supposed to appear in one more film. From what Tom heard, Holland right? is is appear in one more film still. He's still under contract for one more movie, like, but do you guys they don't have any obligation uh, to make another Spider Man multiverse of madness. He'll probably show up in. I think so. Sorry, but, um, note, but yeah, I, I thought it was a good way to reset him. Basically, I liked his suit at the end. It's it's classic. Very one. shiny, very blue. I'm it's like, oh, like yeah. a, I guess the whole thing is like he got inspiration from Tobey Maguire and from Andrew the other Garfield two suit, right? Yeah, so. yeah. And he does the little leap from the video game because mm-hmm. Tom Holland is like, I have a move in there from the game. I was like, it's this fucking move. I thought it was a fighting move, but I was like, all right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that was cool though, right? What did, did you think of? Uh, what did you think, Marco? Just on how they were capping him off at the end of the the film and saying was, out, it, signing off for a swagger. Yeah, it was cool, but it was also you know kind of like. It's kind of sad, you know. It's kind of like a farewell of the Spider-Man from this universe because we don't know like. You know, are they, are they going to continue to do these deals or not? It's kind of like up in the air. Like they can or they can't. They can choose to like use them again or they can choose not to. So, um, you know, it's it's just kind of like the end of a journey. You know, you've reached the end of this character's journey and you know, kind of booking bookending like and, and yeah. But I mean, and then Tom Holland's like, I don't know if I want to do something. Like, are you just, are you doing a contract <laughs> negotiation right now, guy? Like, why are you saying all this shit? Well, there is uh, right? there is a note from um, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, the producers of the film, um, that said that they are in development of a fourth Tom Holland Spider Man film. Yeah, like, so nothing's that's why I'm like, been shot or anything. Well, but they, there's, it seems like there's going to be a fourth it's film. Be like like Miles Morales, right? Yeah. Well, I heard they want to do three more with Tom Holland, but whether they're, they're going to be in the MCU or not, we don't know. Or if he's right. going to do them, we don't know. Just bring but they want to back for main Spider-Man three. I think they Venom Venom is a good showing of why Sony shouldn't do these films alone, and that Marvel yeah. should be involved. Yes, um, you know I know they made money and it's great and whatever, but they're shitty films. I'm going to tell you right now that those films are not good. So Spider-Man being by itself with Sony is going to be crap. It's better to I- just. Being yeah, a part of and the I, got, I I want to bring up one thing too that I, w- I wanted to bring up. Like it is sad that MJ and Ned don't know him and stuff by the end, but I have a feeling they're gonna know him by the end of the fucking Doctor Strange movie, dude. Yeah, it didn't take the him whole too time, long to figure was, out who they I, You know what I actually thought? I thought when Ned walked in, that was her boyfriend. I was like, is Ned her boyfriend? Dude, I, I thought the same. Like, no. same thing. Okay, good. I'm glad we're I was like, oh, so they're dating. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were gonna kiss in front of him, and I'm like, no. It's like, Harry Osborn all over again. Holy yeah, shit. But no, it's great as he smiles at the camera. It, it's kind of sad. It's kind of it's kind of reminiscent to the tragedy of the first two Spider Men who did the same. They walked away. Well, Andrew Garfield was you know on the fence, but Tobey yeah. Maguire walked away. <laughs> he came back. Yeah, yeah. Tobey Maguire was on the fence. Well, actually did it, and he you know walked away from that. And it's 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 kind of fucking sad because he looks at her MJ's gotta, bandage at the end. It was like yeah. right before he's gonna tell her the truth, and he's like, no, I'm I'm just bouncing. You know what though? I will say the weakest aspect. I never bought that their. Uh, their romance with each other, by the way. Really, Jane? Uh, I think that's one of the weaker Peter? things in this uh, in this trilogy. Yeah, I, I think like, they just—it's like in Far From Home. They just go like, "Yeah, okay, now we like each other." I'm they like, kind of just right, forced just... it on Far From Home. I mean, the relationship is cute in this film, but, um, but I think it I is a little forced in the second film. I, I think I, it's forced in this one too, a little bit. No, I James, I think what it is is they—it's not the—it's f- not really in the forefront like it is in the other movies. I think that's it. I guess. Like it's, so they don't really like why he does stuff. It's more believable yeah. between 
Kristen Dunst and Tobey Maguire, and then Gwen Stacy, and I think Andrew Garfield was the strongest one out of the three, to tell you the truth. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a good relationship. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's almost cathartic in a way, you know, where it's it's yeah. like, you know, he's he's moving, branching on, on his own, away from his old life, and he's starting a new adventure, you know, alone and, you know, not knowing what's going to happen next. And I kind of like that. And you know, I we've kind of talked about where we're seeing this film go next, but uh, or franchise a little bit. But there was a couple of uh, there was well, there was a mid credits scene and there was a post credit scene. A mid credit scene was basically clearing up the Venom post credit scene or mid credit scene where totally he useless. totally yeah useless. he just kind of shows up and then disappears. <laughs> he was just drunk at a bar. Dumb as fuck. Yeah, Sony was like, "Psych, we're not really going to put him in this film, but we'll leave a little bit of a symbiote there just in case we want to make another Venom film with him." Yeah, in it. I think that's just the point. Was like a little bit got left behind. We don't even mm-hmm. know if that was just licorice that melted. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> dude. Why was he like his accent even there was coming in and out? He's like, "So you're telling me that?" The-? I was like, "Oh my god, Tom I can't Hardy fucking can't stand. Out, I can't stand He's Tom Hardy's fucking accent in this movie. Just, just be British. Yeah. Why would you've you got a good that? British accent? Why would um, we do that?" Yeah, there, I mean, there really wasn't more to add about it. They kind of just recapped all the events that happened, and then he When it ended, I literally was like, out loud, I was like, that was dumb as fuck. I was like, <laughs> that was dumb as fuck. Yeah. yeah. But but I guess, you know, that just leaves the door open for some kind of Venom to show up in this film. So we'll yeah. see what comes of that. Um, and then there was the end post-credits, which was basically a trailer, a trailer. for the yeah. Doctor Strange film, which yeah. was a great trailer. <laughs> Um, it tells us now that if you guys hadn't seen uh, the What If series, that you need to watch the What If series because yep. uh, was it Dark Doctor Strange or something? Yeah, Actually, he shows think, up in this. I film. think you can go in blind still on that and be. Or if you want to know what what, what uh, Westview is, I guess I don't know. I mean, oh, if you want to get an idea of how how just bad a, the uh, wigs like are, just look at Wanda, and he's just like Wanda. She's like what? He's like. Disney Plus is only seven ninety nine right now. For time. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, are they doing it again? They're doing it again. <laughs> we like, Shit, did, did we Plus. forget to market these fucking TV shows and make people watch them? Oh well, we'll fix that. We'll fix yeah. that. Yeah, we'll make sure. She's like, I'm just. Where have you been? She's like, What are you talking about? He's like, Then he winked at the thing, and then the ad came up. I was like, What is going? What Disney Plus <laughs> <laughs> with Hulu and ESPN? What the fuck? Yeah, you can get a bundle to it right now, too. A special Black Friday offer that still goes for the holidays. I was like, what the hell? What's going on? So, so I mean, that trailer will probably come out soon on YouTube or something. If it hasn't leaked yeah. already, yeah. Yeah, if it hasn't leaked already. It's probably already in March. So. March, I think. March or April, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah one of the Going back to, to Venom, though, real quick, I really do hope they do some sort of Venom and do like an entire movie with Spider-Man in the black suit. Like in the comics. I think it'd be cool. If they can just do a dedicated film about the symbiotes and not not have to fuck around with all these other characters, it'd be fine. Venom, throw in Carnage too. Why not? Doesn't matter. But make it about this and him in the black suit and all that stuff. And that's not... You know, that in itself is a lot of story there. So Yeah. But, you know, who knows? He'll probably work for the Daily Bugle. And then he'll be a photographer. And there'll be um, Eddie Brock there and the whole thing. And, you know, they'll just keep restarting. And the then film it's Spider-Man series. 3 again, you know? Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna dance down the street. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, is, is there any other thoughts or anything you guys are looking forward to or hoping to see in the future for um, future Spider-Man films? James? Uh, Miles Morales. At this point, it's time. Yeah. 
Yeah, Tom I mean, Holland, they, they, they kind of want to do it. Some young Puerto Rican boy can take up the man. <laughs> they uh, they kind of like mention that and even say that in the movie. Like it's kind of self-aware of itself when uh, Electro is like, oh, I, I, I thought you'd be black. And, you know, then, then they're like, oh, well, you know, I maybe there is a black Fox, Spider-Man out there. Um, that's the whitest voice I could have heard out of anyone. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so does that mean Donald Glover will be uh, the Prowler since he's Miles Morales' uncle? No, I think he used to be the Prowler according to the how he's saying mm-hmm. it in Homecoming, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, well, you, know, you never know. Hard times could come by and he's, you know, drawn back to the game. You never know. True. Mm-hmm. Just like the, mm-hmm. once again, like sorry the guys, he had two years to do it. The Miles, <laughs> one, one year, I guess. Well, the Miles one Morales year. game, you know, Prowler does pop back up in there even though he's and quote unquote retired he was so. retired and then yeah. there is a kingpin now in this universe so I mean you know yeah that's cool could happen yeah, yeah. but yeah uh, we get the same. I, I agree Craven, we could do Marvel do Miles Morales story yeah Miles Mar- I mean they hint at all those villains that were trying to come through like the real mm-hmm. rhino maybe black cat all these people <laughs> finally like, the yeah. real rhino there's like a lot of like people they could pull from so that's all yeah so either way, like either Miles Morales or continue the the Spider Man journey and have him, you know, venture out on his own, be a true solo Spider Man. I don't know. I would like to see an Amazing Spider Man three show up, and um, yeah, Andrew Garfield Spider Man basically gets killed off. Which like the comic books to have Miles Morales kind of show up, and then somehow there's like a Spider Verse thing, like they did in the movie, the the Spider Verse animated film, and he jumps in between that. So maybe not necessarily in the MCU direct universe, but a universe of focusing on Miles Morales, which would be cool. Yeah. 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 He ends up meeting the Tom Holland Spider-Man. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Team up. All right. With that, guys, that is the end of the podcast. Podcast number 114. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure, you, you know, as Marcus is about to tell you, how to reach us. Also, any feedback, response, reviews. We appreciate it. So, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Uh, check us out in this universe or the next universe. On Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher, smash the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Please leave us a review. Spotify actually just released uh, a rating system that they're going to allow you to do. So you can actually rate us on there now, too. And yeah, share us. Tell your friends about us. Hack your friend's phone. Or maybe not. Go on there, subscribe, leave a five star review, and we'll love you forever. So, yeah. Thank you, Marco. And tune in to next time for episode 115, which will be the start of the year, where we'll be going over our top movies of 2021. So, until then, this is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a great one. <laughs>